Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. As we look at the cancel culture world that we live in, where we have speech police on some college campuses, where we have lots of vitriol, we have misinformation, we have disinformation, and it requires us to look at this first freedom, these first freedoms uh, that are so vital to our society remaining strong. And so often the temptation is to do the easy thing and to control it. And whether that's the freedom of speech or the freedom of religion or the freedom to assemble, uh, all of those things. And so I want to go back and I have to give some credit to uh, David French, our friend from uh, the Dispatch. Uh, He wrote a great piece over the weekend in his newsletter Uh, that took us back to the right moment in history for some important lessons as it relates to freedom of speech. He took us back to 1860 in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, Just to to think that through, it was actually December uh, the 9th uh, in uh, Boston of 1860. And so if you think of that in terms of context, Abraham Lincoln had just been elected president. Uh, Three weeks further into the future, the South Carolina would secede from the Union, and the rest of the South would, of course, fall like dominoes across that, and we'd be into the Civil War. Uh, so in that setting, with a lot of those tensions rising, Frederick Douglass uh, had an opportunity to speak in Boston. And as Douglass began to speak or tried to speak, there was a mob that came in, stormed the stage. The police looked on, uh, the abolitionists that were there to hear his speech on how can American slavery be abolished. Uh, The abolitionists tried to restore order. Violence uh, continued. Uh, Eventually, the the police moved not to clear the mob to protect speech, but rather to clear the meeting hall and end the event uh, with the help of the mayor. So that would be a uh, a non-free speech moment. Uh, Undeterred, of course, as Frederick Douglass was, uh, as a voice, and during Black History Month, uh, if you if you haven't read this speech uh, that he delivered in 1860, uh, put this on your list today. It is not long. We'll cover a little of it, but you need to read it. Uh, so he went back just days later. Days later, he mounted that very same stage, and he delivered a very simple message, a plea for freedom of speech in Boston. And I want to get into some of this speech because I think it is so instructive for where we are as a nation today. Frederick Douglass said, No right was deemed by the fathers of the government more sacred than the right of speech. 
It was in their eyes, as in the eyes of all thoughtful men, the great moral renovator of society and government. I'm going to come back to that. The great moral renovator of society and government. That's free speech. He continued, Daniel Webster called it a homebred right, a fireside privilege. Liberty is meaningless where the right to utter one's thoughts and opinions has ceased to exist. That of all rights, of all the rights, freedom of speech is the dread of tyrants. It is the right which they will all first strike down. They know its powers. And then an interesting phrasing here from Frederick Douglass. He said, thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers founded in injustice and wrong are sure to tremble if men are allowed to reason of righteousness, temperance, and of judgment to come in their presence. Frederick Douglass, again, 1860. Slavery cannot tolerate free speech. That's significant. Slavery cannot tolerate free speech. He said to suppress free speech is a double wrong. Think of that. It violates the rights of the hearer as well as those of the speaker. Free speech applies to all of us. And that right is rooted in our humanity, in, the, in our inherent dignity. So I want to break down just a little bit of this from Frederick Douglass. There is so much in here that we can just say, okay, this applies to cable news. This applies to websites. This applies to government. This applies to me in my house, in my community, and what I put up online on my social media feeds. But I want to go back to this claim that Frederick Douglass made in 1860 that freedom of speech was the great moral renovator of society and government. So in other words, uh, and this is according to the Ford Foundation, uh, they did an analysis of this, uh, said it suggests that free speech gives us the tools to repair, to update, and improve our society and its principles. And then they use this example of if you're going to renovate your home, that requires a lot of things. And, and think about this in terms of free speech and what we need to renovate in our society and in our government. Because as you renovate, you can deal with damages or flaws in the original construction. When you renovate, you can tear down walls that are not helpful. You can open new doors. You can even restore a crumbling foundation. So it's renovation. The freedom of speech is the great moral renovator of society and government because it gives us all the opportunity to tear down those walls uh, that are not helpful, to open doors of understanding and connectedness. It's the power to remake ourselves. That's, that's why freedom of speech is enshrined in those first freedoms, the very first amendment to the Constitution. And I think it has to become first because our, our right to speak freely is the prerequisite for all of our other freedoms, for living in a free society. Now, the Ford Foundation put on their website, they said, without freedom of speech, there is no preacher in the pulpit, no defense at a trial, no freedom of speech. We cannot cast our vote or call our representatives. Without freedom of speech, there's no women's suffrage or march on Washington, no equality. 
I love how Frederick Douglass said that the free speech is really the dread of any dictator or authoritarian. It's the first thing that they crack down on because that kind of control uh, cannot stand up to free speech. So what does that mean for all of us? Uh, I think it's important for us to to recognize one of the other things that uh, Frederick Douglass said in, in that incredible speech, a plea for freedom, a speech in Boston. Uh, and that is this idea that when we impede free speech, it's a, it's a double tragedy because we're also impeding the hearer. Uh, that is a right to hear. So to suppress free speech uh, really is a double wrong. It violates the hearer as well as the speaker. And Frederick Douglass said, it is just as criminal to rob a man of his right to speak and hear as it is to rob him of his money. When a man is allowed to speak only because he is rich or powerful, it aggravates any crime of denying the right to the poor and to the humble. So that leads us to what do we do about it? And part of the problem is that in our society today, that that freedom of speech is no longer paired as a great moral renovator with reason and respect. And when speech is no longer tied with reason or respect, then freedom of speech can just be a disintegrating agent rather than a renovating agent. And if we can't get to the respect piece of the puzzle, uh, then we really got problems. And that's the great challenge of a connected world and the uh, anonymity of the Internet, that there's not a need to connect with people. There's not a need to see them face-to-face. There's not a need to see them as human and as equal. And that's part of what we have to get to. Uh, But I think it is worth it today Everyone should go check out and just read, given the context of when this was delivered in 1860 and in the midst of Black History Month, Frederick Douglass, uh, I think, laid it out in a way that all of us can understand that freedom of speech, the founding fathers said, was the most sacred of of all the rights and that it was the great moral renovator of society and government. We should clear out a few walls, break down a few barriers, and reinvigorate our dialogue and conversation. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today. And as always, you should go out into the world, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that'll make a difference. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. 
find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.